Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another special edition of the Sports Department Podcast. I am Stephen Bologna, joined by Jesse Norman, and we are, it's currently Monday, April 26th, four days away from the most exciting day of the year for all NFL fans. The NFL Draft is coming in hot and heavy, and it's time for Norman and Bologna's Mock Draft 3.0, and there's a lot of different changes now to the NFL Draft order than the last time we did a mock, so this is exciting stuff. We're changing it up a bit. Me and Jesse are going to go pick by pick, switching odds and evens. I'll be picking with the odd numbers. Jesse will be picking with the even numbers. So this is exciting. But Jesse, how you doing? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty excited for the draft coming up. Um, like you said, it's every uh, it's every fan's uh, favorite day because this you know you get a good draft, it can totally change your season. You go from being a bad team to a, a potential contender with just a really good draft class. Um, and really, you know, anybody can go in and make a big change to their team besides, you know, maybe like the Seahawks because they only have like three picks. But <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's currently Monday, as I said, Thursday, April 29th is the draft. And like I said, there are just some different changes. The last time or from the last time we had a mock, the Dolphins, or excuse me, the 49ers traded up to number three. Expect to take a quarterback. We'll see which one they do go. Number six is going to be the Miami Dolphins. And moving back to 12 was the Philadelphia Eagles. And just recently, the Baltimore Ravens traded Orlando Brown Jr. to the Chiefs. So now they will have pick number 31 along with number 27. So a lot of moves. And, you know, it's so weird because you hear nothing going on and then draft night comes and then boom prospects fly up boards trades start happening and it's so that's why it's impossible to get a mock you know correct so yeah no absolutely and and you can never predict all the trades that are going to happen you never know um you know a team might fall in love with a prospect trade up uh for a guy who maybe is number 40 to 45 on the big board but they want him you know make sure they get him at you know 20 to 25 around that area yeah so let, let, I mean, let's get right into it. First pick, you know, nothing really crazy going on here. It's the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence, the long awaited prospect, uh, the, the golden boy. He's going to go number one here. Just got married, actually. And Jaguar fans donated a lot of gifts to him. He, he donated 20,000 back to the, the city of Jacksonville. So he's already getting, um, you know, getting acquainted there. And th- this is just a no brainer. Yeah, no, um, I feel like we've skipped over uh, Lawrence a good amount just because he is the unquestioned number one pick. But um, just hitting on some points for him because I feel like uh, they haven't been talked about enough. Out of all of the quarterbacks that are potentially going to be drafted in the first round, I think it's I think it should be easily stated Lawrence had the absolute worst offense. Um, the offensive line was abysmal. Um the weapons, all the wide receivers, none of them are higher than maybe a third, fourth round pick at most. Um, ETN, while he is a great running back, there is a lot of problems there where, yes, he is a home run hitter. He can also get you started at second and 13, second and 14, because he can lose you yards here and there. Um, that they were Clemson was built as a defensive team, and Trevor Lawrence was the entire offense. And then we also seen when the offense stalled, he literally turned into a power option quarterback, you know, running for 60, 70 yards against really good defenses. So, you know, if you, if you look at Lawrence's game, yeah, you can nitpick here and there, but I feel like it's at this point been understated 
how good of a prospect he is. Yes, he is the unquestioned number one pick, but his athleticism has not been talked about enough. Um, the fact that he really had to carry majority of Clemson's offense all the way to another, you know, playoff berth when in reality, you look at that roster, they should not have been in the position that they were in. And if they had any quarterback other than Lawrence, they are not in that position. Yeah, I mean, Lawrence, unquestioned number one here. You know, you bring up his athleticism. The one moment that rings in my head, 2019 against Ohio State, 65, 70-yard touchdown run, uh, breaking through three, yeah. four defenders. I mean, it, it's incredible. Like you said, everyone's – just so focused on like his, his winning, but not the actual prospect himself. Yeah, no, a lot of people like to think, oh, well, he won the, he won the championship, you know, his freshman year, obviously he's going to be the number one pick coming out, but he is so much more than that. It's not just, oh, he's won a bunch since he's been there. He's won with less than yeah. anybody. Um, he has really, really done a lot for that Clemson program where with him at quarterback, they were allowed to pretty much just solely focus on defense, which is what Dabo Sweeney wanted. Yeah. So Lawrence more than likely going number one. Um, and number two, Jesse, the New York Jets, do they get their franchise guy? Yeah, I, I think they're going to take Zach Wilson out of BYU. Um, do I love the pick for them? I, I don't necessarily just because Zach, BYU – usually has a pretty tough schedule. They usually play a lot of good teams. This past year, due to COVID, they played a cookie-cutter cookie, cookie cutter schedule, man. They played absolutely nobody. Um, Zach Wilson also had uh, statistically the best line in the country. Um, his average time before a defender could get into the backfield was over like 11 seconds. Um, yeah. That's absolutely absurd if you have 12 seconds in the pocket. Um that being said, he can make all the throws. He's an energetic guy. Um, he's a great leader. People at BYU absolutely love him. Um, but with all that being said, as a prospect and the state of the team, this reminds me so much of when they drafted Darnold. You know, yeah. you have maybe one piece on the offensive line. You, you have maybe one receiver who's, you know, semi-decent. Um and that's pretty much it for the offense. And now you're asking a 21, 22 year old player to come in and change your whole franchise, change your organization. That's a lot to put on a player. And we already seen with Sam Darnold that didn't work out. Um, Wilson, you know, could end up better than Darnold. He's walking into a much better front office and a much better coaching staff um, than Darnold ever had in his time there. But um, I think it's, I think this could work. Um, I've always said along the way, ideally, I wanted the Jets to trade back, get more picks, maybe run it one more year with Darnold. If he wasn't great, you're still picking at the top of the draft again. But um, I think they are zeroed in on Zach Wilson, who, you know, I there's arguments of if he even should be the number two quarterback in the draft. Yeah, and I mean, just kind of over the recent couple of weeks, it's just been – solidify that he is going number two and you know at the time Darnold was the far better prospect Darnold was a can miss prospect really back in 2018 yeah no especially after the um when everybody seen the uh the Rose Bowl against Penn State everybody said you know Darnold was supposed to be the number one pick 
The yeah. Browns surprised everybody by going and getting Baker. That Baker was considered, you know, the second or third quarterback. Um, everybody really thought it was Darnold that was the number one prospect. Um, and, you know, I think he's going to do great in Carolina. I think he has the two best coaches that he's ever had there. Um, but if this doesn't work out with Zach Wilson, um, the Jets really need to look at themselves and think like, hey, we need to stop doing the same thing that we keep trying to do. And that's build up a good defense and then just draft a quarterback who's going to make up for everything that we do. They, they've consistently done that since, you know, Mark Sanchez, um, go back, Geno Smith. Like you, you look at all these other guys and they just try to make the quarterback run the entire offense and they're 20 something year olds. You know, you can't, maybe, maybe if you tanked successfully and you got Trevor Lawrence, I'd feel a lot better about that. Um, If they were getting Lawrence this year, I'd honestly think they could be a playoff team, but with Zach Wilson, they're definitely question marks. Yeah. Um, You know, you assume Panay Sewell may still be on the board here, but more than likely not. It seems that they are zeroed in on Wilson. The report saying that Wilson has contacted guys like Mark Sanchez and McCown and um, Pennington just to for some tips on how to handle the media and, and the New York kind of lifestyle. So, I mean, it appears, you know, Joe Douglas is going to go out and get his guy, but he, he better work out. He better work out because you've seen the, the flat. If, if you don't hit on the quarterback. Yeah. Most of the time, if you don't hit on the quarterback, you don't get another opportunity to go out and get another guy. Um, you really need to hit on that guy who's going to lead your franchise. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Now, number three, the San Francisco 49ers traded up with the um, uh, with the Dolphins who were at this pick. And reports say, Ian Rapport tweeting yesterday, actually, they are zeroing on either Mac Jones from Alabama or Trey Lance from North Dakota State. And for me, I, I, I'm going to go Trey Lance. My thing is that Mac Jones is what he is now. This is this is the best you're going to get. Trey Lance, he is a home run type of prospect. The arm strength, the athleticism, the the non turnovers. I, I mean, it, he can only get better, and he's only 20 years old. You know, you brought up a point a couple of weeks ago. You know, do you get better from Mac Jones than you have with Jimmy G already? Probably not. I, I mean, Mac Jones would have to play incredible. He was with the best offense in the nation. His pro day was not good. He, his physical he played on one of the good. best college teams of all time. I mean, I don't think yeah. that can be understated too. They have first round picks all over. They have, they have two of the top three or top four wide receivers in this class on that team. The probably the best running back, um, multiple offensive linemen. And then, you know, let's not even talk about the defense that that was supporting him as well with, all those first rounders on that is on that team. Um, But I mean, I I guess, you know, with Mac Jones over Jimmy, you, you get health, I guess, Um, you know, there's a lot of reports that they really like Mac Jones, but I'm with you. I think if you trade it up to number three, you, you don't take the safest pick in the draft. You don't take a guy with a super low floor, but a, a super high floor, but a low ceiling you have to go for that home run type prospect and you know, whether that's Justin Fields or Trey Lance, which it seems like they're really out on fields. They don't want fields. Um, 
I think you have to go Lance. I, I don't see you trading up from 12 to three to get a guy that was probably going to be there at 12 anyway, or if you were really, really worried about it, you could have traded up to eight. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody was trading up for Mac Jones to get into the top, you know, six um, for a quarterback that can't move when more so than ever, you need quarterbacks who are somewhat mobile. Um, and the 49ers, the 49ers line is good, but it's, as we seen last year, it's one injury away from being a not very good offensive line. And the yeah. second that becomes a not very good offensive line, they are scrambling. Um, and the reason, another reason I love the Lance pick so much is you can sit him for the first, you know, eight, nine, 10 games. You can have um, Jimmy Garoppolo play until he gets hurt, which will happen. He gets oh, yeah. hurt every year. Um, so, you know, he tends to get hurt around the week eight, week nine mark. Uh, you know, last year was a little bit earlier, but you can sit him at first, let him understand and learn that offense to a degree, and then kind of put him in when you're going for that stretch down the run. And also teams don't have film on him. And that can really help. We seen when Kaepernick came in all those years ago for Alex Smith, they made that run to the Super Bowl. And a lot of that was based off the fact that teams did not know how to cover Colin Kaepernick in that option type system that they were running. Uh, this could be a similar thing where they sit a quarterback, get him really into the fold, let him understand Shanahan's system, you know, let Jimmy go out there for a little while, kind of increase his trade value, maybe um, even up till the deadline and then maybe move him. But I think Lance gives them so much more opportunities because why would you draft Mac Jones to not start him immediately when he is the quarterback that is deemed, you know, the most pro ready. Yeah. If you already have Jimmy Garoppolo on your team, unless you already have a trade planned out for him, I don't see the reason to hold Jimmy on the team while also having Mac Jones be the backup because that Mac Jones shouldn't need to sit a year. The whole thing about Mac Jones is that he should, he's play ready now. And that's why he's moved upwards. It's not the intangibles. It's not the film necessarily. Yeah, he's super accurate. But the biggest thing is that he is pro ready. Yeah, I, I mean, if you do take Mac Jones here, you're banking on the fact that Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey are going to protect him no matter what, that he's not going to have to move, you know. But Lance, I just think Lance is the much better player. Yes, you could say maybe the competition he faced wasn't as good as he is a, a FCS guy. But I don't know. I, I just think Lance is the more home run type prospect. And Shanahan, he always has a weird, weird offense and weird system. So you're going to need a guy with a lot more creativity and a lot more room to do different things. And I, I just think Lance is Lance is the pick. Like I said, Jones is kind of what he is now. He's, you know, I I, I don't know. Hopefully the Niners don't but mess I this think up. If, if if they draft Jones, I don't. It won't work out terribly for them. Like he'll be fine. He'll be a good quarterback. Um, it'll work out for them. But that ceiling, I think, is so much lower than if you go with a guy like Lance. Yeah. I mean, Lance with his, you know, the big arm, the the athleticism, it, again, home run type of prospect. So, but we'll, we'll see, you know, maybe Justin Fields isn't out of the equation. It's a all a smokescreen. Who knows? Um, you know, Rappaport certainly has his sources. But nevertheless, number four, take it away. Um, so with reports coming out, 
that the Falcons have gotten calls about Julio Jones um, and the fact that it was reported when the 49ers traded up, uh, Florida tight end Kyle Pitts said, did they trade up for me? I think that means he knows the Falcons are going Kyle Pitts. Um, I, yeah, they have Hayden Hurst. Yeah, they have Julio right now. They have Calvin Ridley. They have Russell Gage. But this is, you know, the, the term generational prospect is overused at this point. But uh, he, I mean, he is. He, he can play tight end. He can play receiver. He has an incredible build, incredible speed, athleticism. Um, Kyle Pitts is probably, other than quarterback, um, is the highest rated skill position player in the draft. Um, And he has absolutely flown up boards. I I think for, I I think the absolute latest he will go could be five or six, but I think he most likely goes four. I think the Falcons are all in still on Matt Ryan to some degree for another year or two. And there is a potential Julio trade on the horizon. And if Julio is traded out, they need a young guy to come in and who would be better than Pitts who you can play inside and outside. Yeah, I, I'm all with you. This would this would have been my pick also. You you know, you kind of seen in recent years the Falcons kind of building around Matt Ryan, but also doing it so that if he leaves another young quarterback comes in, he'll have those pieces. Calvin Ridley has turned into a really solid wide receiver, two, maybe even one now if we get traded. They've drafted multiple offensive linemen the past few years. If they can get a running game going and you add Kyle Pitts to that. This is this is you know a sneaky good offense and like you said Pitts is he's arguably with behind Lawrence probably the number two prospect maybe even number one to some people just because of how great he is I mean you remember a few years ago Hawkinson was like the best tight end in the draft it's like wow this guy's amazing Pitts makes Hawkinson look like like a horrible pass catcher I mean maybe well, you well, and, and Hawkinson's Hawkinson's good but yeah. like Pitts as prospect wise Pitts I, I can't think of the last tight end that has come out and the last one I can think with as much hype as him was not at all the same type of player and that was probably Eric Ebron or OJ Howard and that maybe was maybe OJ Howard but I feel like Howard was more um like I, I think Howard was more blocking and catching yeah. um where Ebron was kind of viewed more as that wide receiver tight end combo um but I think Pitts is miles miles ahead of Ebron um, especially yeah. with work ethic and his hands, Ebron just can't catch. But um, Pitts is <laughs> Pitts is a physical freak. I mean, at four, I think Atlanta is getting who I would value as the number one pass catcher, uh, the number one skill position player that there is in the draft. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, you look at their their depth chart. They, they've drafted multiple offensive linemen, as I said before. Um, you have Calvin Ridley. The pieces are there. If you want to, um, you know, if you want to blow it up and bring in a new quarterback and they get head coach Arthur Smith in this year, an offensive minded guy, what better pick to take your offensive firepower early on and really kind of a steal that you fell for him, that that he fell to you with the Niners trading up? Because if Miami stayed at three, there's probably a good chance they're looking at him here. But nevertheless, no, and I think I think potentially that's. I think that's the guy that Miami kind of wanted to go back up and get. I don't think they're going to be able to, um, but I do think they're going to take a skill position player. I do think when they traded back up, it was kind of with pits in mind 
but he has, you know, he, I think six is, is the absolute uh, floor for him. I think that he does not get past six, but he could very easily go uh, above that. Yeah. So Pitts goes four and number five, this is, this is such a tough one for me because on paper, you go Panay Sewell, you go him, but Joe Burrow is campaigning for his old teammate, Jamar Chase. And I, I'm going to go, I'm going with the, the man at LSU, Jamar Chase. I know it's the wrong pick on paper, but Burrow, you want to keep him happy. He's coming off an ACL tear and why not give him the receiver that he was the best with? And, you know, maybe you are a little scared that Chase did take a year off and, you know, it, it doesn't seem it really that's kind of gone under underrated in this draft. The players that have taken a year off, no one said a thing about. Yeah. Um, I also think it's because Chase had so much film, uh, especially during that year with LSU, where he showed all the tools that he already needed to um, the route running, the the speed, the quickness, the strength. Um, he really showed it all during that run that, if there was any player that could opt out and get away with it, as far as I was concerned, it was definitely uh, Lawrence and, and Jamar Chase. Yeah. Again, I, I think, you know, Chase first receiver, I think it's kind of clear that he might be solidifying himself as the number one receiver going into the draft. And that's honestly just because of the Bengals really just kind of smoke, not smoke screening, but certainly looking at Chase. I mean, on, on, on paper, Chase is a, a fantastic receiver. He's got, the athletic ability, the jumping ability, the speed, the catching. So, I mean, but, it, you know, you look at Cincinnati, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, you know, and you look at left tackle, it's like, who do they have? I, I honestly couldn't tell you. They apparently really like Jonah Williams. They really they really want to keep Jonah Williams at left tackle, allegedly. Um, that, yeah. that, and, and they brought in Riley Reef to play right, and, and he has said multiple times that he's playing right. So I, I agree. I think the best, the best pick I think for them would be Penn Sewell. And you put him at left tackle, you bounce Jonah Williams into left guard. Uh, just with that one pick, you have made your line significantly better um, across the board because now Jonah Williams goes from playing left tackle to left guard, a significantly easier position for him to play. Um, a guy that they still think has a lot of potential. You can make his life so much easier. And if you really do believe in him, you now have a potential all pro left side of your line to keep your quarterback healthy. If you really want to bet on that. But I do think Burrow wants Jamar chase. Um, they run three wide receivers more than any team in the league. They, they run three wide receiver uh, sets statistically the most. It makes sense for them somewhat to get chase. I would go Penn Sewell, but I do think Chase is going to be the pick that they go with. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, you know, it does appear Sewell um, and Chase are the two they're kind of down to. So we'll see if Burrow can get his guy. Um, nevertheless, Miami is on the clock. Now, this, this, is, this is a little tough because I think Miami, when they traded back up, I really do think they wanted a skill position player. And now if Jamar Chase is off the board at five, now you're having a conversation of, all right, do we go out and get Penn Sewell or do we value Jalen Waddle enough? Do we think Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith as well? Do we think Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith is a good enough prospect 
to still take at six? Do we take him over a franchise left tackle? I'm going to go with Penn Sewell. I think he is the best pick possible. He makes that line so much better. Um, that line, if they draft him and, you know, they really, if they really want to keep those tackles that they have, put him in at guard. If you put him in at guard, he's probably a pro bowl guard, literally year one. Um, they could turn that line from, you know, being good to, to probably being a top five, top 10 line in the NFL. Um, that being said, I do think that they want a skill position player, but the skill positions I think they really want is Chase and Pitts. And I don't know if those are there for them at six. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I love the pick. You know, you look at their offensive line, left tackle, they drafted Austin Jackson first round last year, and he wasn't bad at all. You could flip Sewell to right, and now you're protecting two as blindside, which is the most important. Um, cause that currently flip, or you could flip Jackson to right. Exactly. Either, either one. Cause I think their other tackles, Robert hunt at the moment, which, you know, Sewell would make him, mm-hmm. would do be 10 well, times better. You can move him into guard. Yeah. Move exactly. Him into guard if, if you like him that much. Yeah. Well, and also two is blind side is technically the right side. Yeah. The right, the right tackle side. Because he's a lefty. So, yeah. so if they do want Sewell, he, he, they could put him in at right. And this is such a deep wide receiver class. You could trade back into the end of the first round and grab a guy like Kadaris Tony or Elijah Moore. It's not like Miami doesn't have picks. You know, they got a lot of them. They, they have that. They have the ammo to move back up into the end of the first round if they want to. Exactly. So, you know, like you said, Chase or um, Pitts would have been nice here. Maybe Devonta Smith or Waddle if they want to really connect with Tua again, but. Again, I, I think um, offensive line is the much bigger need. So we'll see. Uh, sorry if you hear my dog barking, by the way. Um, I'll probably have to go check that out in a minute. But we're currently at pick number seven, I believe, or f- six. Yeah. Seven. 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 Detroit Lions. <sighs> look, look for a trade-up here. I know we're not doing trades in this, but look for a potential trade-up. They've said they wanted to trade, or they're open to trading back. So I will, I will um, not. I'm not going to do a trade now, but I will look into that. And you know, there's still a lot of a lot of big guys left on the board. But here, I'm going to go. I don't know because they need they need a lot. You know, you assume they don't go QB. I'm going to go. I think I think QB is definitely out for them. I definitely don't think they go QB. I think, um, I, I think Jalen Waddle. I'm going Jalen Waddle. They lost mm. Marvin Jones and Galladay to free agency this year. They're they're gonna need that number one guy, and I think Waddle much better, not much better, but better than Devonta Smith. If he didn't get hurt, we're talking Waddle first receiver taken here. Home run guy. Um, you know, golf, so he has somewhat of a strong arm. You could incorporate some deep passes in there. You already have DeAndre Swift. So you can get a little bit – you can get some good pieces going on offense. I, I think it's definitely between a guy like Slater maybe and and Waddle. But my, my, my vote goes to Waddle. Yeah. Um, you know, the Lions could go linemen. Um, they could potentially uh, try to bolster that already good unit that they have. Uh, they, they had a pretty solid unit last year, so I don't think they necessarily go linemen. Um, but J- 
Jalen Waddle would be fantastic for them. I think Devontae Smith is also a great fit for them um, scheme-wise because they really do need a burner. They lost their receivers in free agency. Um, they clearly didn't want to bring those guys back. They didn't want to bring back Galladay. They didn't want to bring back Jones. So I think they have to go receiver. I think Smith or Waddle makes sense. Um, and I think they'll like Waddle a little bit more. Uh, I think he's a little bit cleaner of a route runner. Um, he can run all the different type of routes that you want. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Detroit can pretty much go anywhere they want here. Um, I think the one thing they probably won't go is line or quarterback. But um, look out, uh, like you said, look up for for a trade up, um, and possibly even you know getting the first defensive player taken off the board here as well. But I do think uh, Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith would be would be the pick for them at seven yeah we'll see if uh new head coach dan campbell can bite off some kneecaps with with uh with a receiver <laughs> but number eight carolina panthers so we're, so, so we're not doing trades right we're not doing trades or we or we're allowed to i mean if you want if you want to throw it in there and spice it up i mean up to you i really i really think that there's a trade territory here and i think it really okay. really could happen I think the New England Patriots. I think the New England Patriots trade up to eight, jump Denver, and they grab the slipping Justin Fields. I really do. I think. I think Belichick with Fields. Uh, you know, you let him sit behind Cam for you know a year or or eight to ten games. You know, whatever you want to do. Um, a lot, a lot of nitpicking has been made about Fields. At the end of the day, he is a phenomenal athlete, runs a 4-4. Um, anybody who says, oh, he holds on to the ball too long. Yeah, Ohio State's offense was based around seven-step drops. Their, their yeah. offense was a deep ball offense. And, you know, people who are comparing him to, to Haskins and Ohio State quarterbacks don't work out in the NFL. Um, Haskins and Fields are two entirely, entirely different quarterbacks. Haskins threw – Haskins threw so many unders. It was all screens and, and, you know, gimmick offense here and there. Fields throws the ball deeper down the field than any quarterback in college football. He has the most air yards of any college football quarterback in the power five. Um, and I think him to New England is an absolute dream scenario for Bill Belichick. He would absolutely love if a guy like Fields or if a guy like Lance falls. And I think, you know, he, he's usually pretty conservative, Bill Belichick. But in this case scenario where he doesn't have a quarterback and with all their free agency spending, they know they want to go out and get a guy now. And they want to uh, they want to compete. I, I think Bill's pretty pissed that that Tom Brady won that ring. Probably. It definitely stings a little bit. I love the pick. Love the trade-up. Definitely, um, I could see New England doing a little little sneaky-sneaky and coming up for a QB. And well, and here's here's a here's an underrated aspect of a trade that I've, I've heard a little bit about, but not that much. Gilmore could possibly be involved in a trade instead of adding, you know, a bunch more picks on. Instead of adding a future first, you know, they might trade this year's first Gilmore and then maybe a third. Um, and, you know, Gilmore was hurt last year, but you send him to Carolina, 
you match Gilmore up with Dante Jackson, and then you have Jeremy Chin at your strong safety, all of a sudden secondary becomes a problem from Carolina to probably their best unit, yeah, at least on defense. So yeah. that that's a potential move there as well for New England, another trade piece that they could potentially um, move to trade up. And I mean, you know, if you're Carolina, you're only dropping back, what, seven spots and you could still get a top prospect in the class. And, you know, for Fields, I mean, he checks all the boxes. And if you're you're Carolina, oh, absolutely. But And also if you're Carolina and you're most likely going defense anyway, because the defense is what really, really needs the help. Um, You know, they they also need a right tackle position pretty bad. Um, But with all that being said, most of those guys that you would go for are going to be available at 15. This is an offensive heavy draft, especially in the top 10, top 12, where at 15, you could still be potentially getting a top two, top three defensive player. Then let's say, you know, they drop to 15, they get Gilmore in the trade. Um, They could go out, get a guy like Micah Parsons. Even if, you know, let's say they go out and get a a guy like J.C. Horn, and then they can move Dante Jackson into a slot, you know, all of a sudden the defense becomes from a weakness to one of the strengths of the team uh, in just one trade. And then on the new England side, they get their quarterback of the future that they desperately need. Yeah. And um, you know, you look at Cam Newton is already there, big physical athletic guy, kind of not, not the same to Justin Fields, but similar kind of, you know, playing style where you had, you know, Newton's more run first, but now, you know, Fields has that running ability, so could kind of learn a thing or two from Cam because you, know, you assume you could sit Fields for the first couple of weeks or even the whole season if you really want to and let him just kind of go all in um, year two because Cam's only on a one-year deal. But I, I like the move, definitely. We've been hearing rumblings of New England looking for a trade-up, and they stockpiled some offensive pieces this offseason too. So whoever the QB is going in, they're, they're going to they're gonna have some weapons. Yeah, so, and you yeah. know, at eight, they're jumping Denver. That's that's the biggest thing. If a quarterback slips and a team wants them, you gotta jump Denver. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I and now, you know, where we sit on our board, Denver, the only QB left is Mac Jones. And do you really take Mac Jones now? You you want you would want a guy like Fields or Lance, and there's much more needs. I know Locke isn't the best. But I think there's a lot more – there's much more needs you, you you have to address. And, you know, for me at pick nine, I'm going to go with uh, Patrick Sertain. Recently, mm-hmm. it's, it's been coming out that Horn may be the first one taken, but I, I think Sertain is, is definitely the most pro-ready and the most consistent, and he's played against top competition. And I think the Broncos, I mean – Receiving core is is pretty solid. Quarterback positions, and they have um, two really good tackles with Dalton Reisner, and um, I'm drawing a blank on on the, the left tackle. What was his name? He was like the tw- he was, was it Bowles? Dr- Bowles, Bowles, Garrett Bowles. Yeah, Bowles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he he really came into his own last year. The linebacking core, maybe Micah Parsons here, but I, I think you go out and get that CB one. They got rid of Boye, and I think. I don't even think Bradley Roby's with the team anymore. So I don't know who they have at corner, 
but you can get your number one here with Sertain. Yeah, um, I've seen reports that Sertain uh, is considered by a lot of teams as the best defensive player on the board um, overall. So I think that's really interesting. Um, I think they would go with Sertan over Horn because Sertan offers more um, zone coverage as well. He can play man and play zone. Horn is very much a straight up man corner. Yep. Um, he can play some zone, but but if you're if you're drafting Horn, you really want to use him in a man to man kind of scheme. Yeah. So I mean. We'll see what Denver does because definitely a lot of holes. Maybe quarterback still on the board here if on draft night fields or Lance do fall. Who knows? But Jesse, pick 10. Who comes to the Big Apple? Is it the Big Apple? I thought it was Dallas. Who has 10? I thought, I thought Dallas uh, is, 10. is Dallas 10? I thought Dallas. Dallas, Dallas 10. You're right. 10. You're right. Who, who, who goes to the Lone Star State? So I think. And, and this is a definite possibility. As much as everybody thinks they need to go corner, they need to go defense, that line has been banged up a lot lately. And they have a, a guy who can play literally all five positions still on the board in Rashawn Slater. And I think with Stephen Jones making the call, knowing that when their Super Bowl window was open, even though they significantly underperformed a lot during that Super Bowl window, it was built – on the back of the offensive line. I think they go out, they get Rashawn Slater if he's still there. That is a guy who, if Ty, look, Tyron Smith's going to miss games. I don't think anybody can say otherwise at this point. He's going to miss games. Um, you know, if Zach Martin potentially goes down with some injuries, Lyell Collins, that is a guy that you can plug into all different positions. You can start him, you know, at right guard. Uh, Tyron Smith goes down, you move him over to left tackle. I mean, that is so, so valuable to have a guy who you can bounce him around depending on where you need him. And I think Dallas more than any team right now would really love to have that in the top 10 to be able to move a guy around on the line and keep themselves, you know, a little bit healthier. Um, and, and that's their biggest thing going into this year um, going from, you know, a top 10 uh, picking team to potentially a top 10 league team in the league is they're really, really going to focus on health. Yeah, and I mean, especially Dak coming off a gruesome injury, you got to get him some protection. And, you know, like you said, Tyron Smith going to miss games. Connor Williams was supposed to be a fantastic player in the league. He has not worked out at all from Texas. I think Looney, their center is still Looney. Uh, Zach Martin, great right guard. And Lyle Collins is also a guy like Slater who can play a lot of positions. So, I do like the pick. Um, actually, I just saw, I think, Sean Lee officially retired. So maybe, um, you know, I've heard that Jerry Jones was in love with Kyle Pitts, but I don't think they have the – Did they're going to make the move up together. I don't think there's any – yeah, no. I think I think when we did our first mock, I um, actually had Kyle Pitts going to Dallas. But with, with the process of everything that's going on, Pitts does not fall below six. Um, there's, I don't think there's any way that he's available for Dallas. Yeah, no. So I like to pick with Slater, protect your franchise QB for a while. And, you know, Slater, this is a guy that can go top seven, really. And, you know, he slips here to 10. And I know we've seen, we've seen him move up and down boards a lot. So allegedly, um, I don't know if I necessarily believe it, but allegedly they're um, teams that view him above uh, Sewell. I think I've heard the same thing, honestly. So interesting, but 
you know, I guess we'll see what happens on come draft night. But uh, pick 11, now it's the Big Apple. And the New York Giants, you know, the way our board looks, you, you know, you still have a lot of top guys left. They could use an edge rusher. They can use an offensive lineman. But I think they're going to mess up the pick. I, I do. I really think they're going to mess it up. And I think they're going to go Devonta Smith. I, I think the media is just going to push for it. And uh, they don't need a receiver. They don't. You have you just gave Galladay the house. Slayton's a really solid wide receiver, too. Mm-hmm. Shepard's on a, a pretty big contract. You have Evan Engram. You have Saquon Barkley. You don't need a receiver. But I, I still think they're going to do it. Something just tells me that they're going to push for the big Heisman winner coming to New York. A lot of headlines. They should go with a guy like Parsons here, but I don't think they do. Report said that Joe Judge loves Devonta Smith. So Mm -hmm. I I think that's the pick. Yeah, I've seen reports Judge loves Smith. uh, Gettleman loves Parsons. So we'll see what kind of happens there. I think Parsons is the right move for them. But, but I, I can absolutely see them going going for the Heisman winner uh, in New York. Like you said, you know, is it is it a great pick? They already have wide receivers. They just spent the house on Galladay. Um, is this kind of the right move when you already have three guys? I mean, you could, you could get it later. If you really need a fourth guy, you could go in the second, third round. Um, but I agree. This is, this is a potential time where the Giants do mess up the pick. Um, and I do think it should be Micah Parsons, but I am not surprised at all if it is Devontae Smith. Yeah, and they need so much help everywhere. And I, I just don't think um, – I just don't think Smith would be the right pick. Reports coming out, he, he's, he came in lighter and shorter than what he was originally reported. I mean, the, the tape shows a Heisman-winning receiver, but, you know, how well is that going to translate to to linebackers that are 6'3 and, you know, 225? So – I don't know, but but we'll see. Now, the next team, your your favorite team down in your area, Philly. Philly, baby. Where are they going? Well, Philly would love to get a wide receiver, but they are all the top ones, the top three, they're off the board. Um, and, and that was the thing that when they traded back from six, they, they had to understand that there was a definite chance they weren't going to get any of those top receivers. So – What's the other area of need they mo- they need more than anything? That's linebacker. Um, go out and grab Micah Parsons. Um, I could also see, you know, maybe Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa fitting here. But I think just to be safe, you go with Parsons. He can play edge if you need him to. He can play middle linebacker. He's a three-down linebacker. He can play zone coverage. Um, go out and get probably what I think is the best defensive player in the draft. He's also staying in state. You know, Penn State to Philly, you know, he's going to be comfortable. Um, I don't like a lot of what the organization in Philadelphia is doing. I think they are going about a lot of things wrong. Um, But Micah Parsons would absolutely be the correct pick for them. I'm with you. Like you said, they want to get a receiver here after whiffing the past few drafts. And, you know, in our mock, they're all gone. So maybe defensive end or or edge rusher here, potentially, but – I think linebacker is such the bigger need and Parsons, a guy who was a top three pick coming into this college football season. And, you know, he opts out and reports that some character issues come out and he, he falls a little bit, but definitely still a top talent in the draft and the Eagles can use him. Interesting to see um, 
on draft night if a quarterback is sitting here, what they do. I know Mac Jones is sitting here, but a guy like Fields or Lance, if they're somehow sitting there, they refuse to name Jalen Hurts. The I think if they're there, they take them. I think yeah. if they're there, they take them. I really do. Um, and I think that goes back to Roseman's inability to draft. Um, literally since Andy Reid has left, they have pretty much whiffed on every draft that they have done since Andy Reid has left the organization. And, you know, if if a quarterback is there, they'll probably take him. But if that's the case, why'd you take Jalen Hurts in the second round last year? Why would you take, why would you waste to pick that high for a guy that you clearly don't have that much confidence in? Well, I know. And it's, this is just a, a tough organization in Philly and uh, a front office that have drafted pretty poorly the past few years, but we'll see, we'll see who heads to Philly on draft night. Now pick 13 uh, LA chargers and they got their quarterback. I think this is the easiest pick, honestly. Oh, let's hope I get it right here. I'm going from Virginia Tech, Christian Darisaw. I think that's yep. I think that's that's the money pick. I mean, Darisaw, I think clearly, O tackle three, definitely top offensive lineman in the class. Can play the run real well. Can play the pass and protect Herbert's blind side. I, I'm not. I don't even know who was the left tackle last year for them, but solidify it for the next seven, eight years, Darisaw. Yeah, no, take him, protect Herbert. Um, you, you, We've seen the young quarterbacks get hurt. We've seen Dak get hurt last year. Um, you know, we've seen Burrow get hurt. We've seen these guys get banged up on bad offensive lines because majority of the time, these young quarterbacks are not playing behind good offensive lines. The, team, the, the teams that they're going to are picking high because they're not good all around. So – Go out, get your future left tackle, plug him in for eight to 10 years. Don't worry about it um, and keep Herbert upright because Herbert is an absolute star. I mean, he is incredible um, and you need to keep him as healthy as you possibly can. I'm with you 100%. Go get Darisaw and, and, and make him your left tackle for the next, like you said, eight to 10 years. But with Darisaw off the board now, we move to the Vikings and – who heads to Minnesota. Now the Vikings are an interesting one because there are reports coming out that they might potentially move uh, Daniel Hunter, which I think is, is really weird. That's a guy that they've uh, built up. Um, But one thing about Mike Zimmer, one thing that you always know about Mike Zimmer, he loves himself, some secondary players. He loves himself, some cornerbacks. And I think he goes out and he grabs JC Horn. Um, love it. The Vikings, since I've, since Zimmer's there, I think they've drafted more corners than literally anybody in the league. Um, they draft multiple corners, every single draft class. Um, you know, you've seen it a couple years ago, they drafted, uh, most of the guys that they've drafted are gone, but, uh, guys like Trey Waynes, um, you know, Jeff Gladney. Uh, um, man, I'm, <laughs> Mackenzie Alexander, Jeff Gladney, um, Mike Hughes. There, there are multiple, you know, they spend a lot of picks on corners and they could be potentially getting, you know, the number one corner here at JC Horn. Uh, Caleb Farley's still on the board as well, um, who was, you know, going into the draft originally was the number one corner. He slipped uh, with injuries and opt out and, you know, not a lot of tape on him per se. And JC Horn has really capitalized on that. Um, but I think he fits what Mike Zimmer likes to do. He can play man. You can put him out on an island. He's big. He's physical. He can press. 
Um, I, th- I think it makes a lot of sense for Minnesota and it fits exactly what they love doing. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you bring up Jeff Gladney, he reportedly has a lot of legal issues going on and he might not even be playing for the next few years, sad to say, but this is also a team that signed Patrick Peterson and it's an aging Patrick, Patrick Peterson is that at your cornerback one. And like you said, Horn is, you know, son of lost NFL Anthony legend. Harris, lost Anthony Harrison free yes. agency. Good point. Um, yeah. You know, JC Horn, son of Joe Horn, NFL legend. And, you know, like you said, one arguably CB one has flown up the boards the past couple of weeks. And I, I like it. You know, this is a defense that's gritty with, um, you have your offensive pieces as well. Got your quarterback, running back, receivers, maybe offensive linemen here if someone slips, but uh, definitely, definitely defense. I love the pick. <laughs> um, All right, so you're at 15. We have Carolina at 15. Carolina. Because traded up. You got okay. Carolina. So now that Horn's off the board, interesting. So Horn leaves, and, you know, we, you, know you look at – the top rushers. I mean, they, they, they took Derek Brown a few years ago. They took Brian Burns. They have Jeremy Chin. Let's, let's just go and we'll, we'll take Farley off the board here. Let's just, let's just get him out of there. We, you know, we talked about them needing um, secondary help. Like you said, Farley coming into the season was the corner one and opting out definitely did hurt his stock. But if you're Carolina, you get Stefan Gilmore. We'll say in our mock, you add him with Farley and Dante Jackson with Jeremy Chin. That's, that's pretty deadly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's a good move. I think realistically on defense, they could kind of go any of the top uh, three players that we had listed. Um, you know, Jalen Phillips out of Miami gives them another edge rusher. You could always use that. Uh, Jeremiah Usu Koromoa uh, would probably be an interesting fit there with all the things that he could do. Um, you know, they've done that before with Shaq Thompson uh, and Jeremy Chin to this degree. But, um, no, I, I like the fit of Farley. They need cornerback help. Um, they, they need the defensive help. And Carolina is a team that, you know, to watch out for uh, going into this year. If they get good play out of Darnold or Bridgewater, if he's the starter, um, and the offense can carry that load and the offensive line, you know, can really protect those guys, Carolina is potentially, you know, the number two team in the NFC South. You know, who, who – who is the best team in the NFC South besides the Bucks? You know, the Saints are clearly taking a step back. Yeah. Atlanta, you never know what you're going to get with them year in and year out. Uh, Carolina could definitely make a playoff push this year. And, and then, you know, looking forward into next year, uh, trying to make that push for, for a potential Super Bowl if they continue to build this defense up. Yeah, and, you know, you speak of teams that can make a, make a run. You know, here at pick 16, Arizona Cardinals – have a few needs, where do they go? I think the Cardinals more than any team, at least on defense, has embraced that positionless football of we want a guy who is really good at multiple levels and the perfect fit for them out of Notre Dame is Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. He's exactly like Isaiah Simmons from last year. We know the Cardinals already drafted him. We know what the Cardinals did with Hassan Reddick, what they did with Deion Buchanan. Um, this is a great fit for them because he can play so many different positions of need. Um, I would not at all be surprised if Uwusu Kormo is, is taken, you know, higher than this. I wouldn't be surprised if he sneaks into, you know, 
10, 11, 12 area. Um, he is a freaky athlete. You know, what, what used to be a knock on guys of, oh, is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? We don't really know where he fits. That's more of a positive now than anything. It's, oh, he can play linebacker. He can play safety. So we can kind of move him around. And, you know, I think the Cardinals would love to get a receiver here. That being said, they need more of a um, middle of the field guy, kind of a slot receiver. They already have Hopkins. Um, Kirk is already a big body on the outside. They need a small guy in the middle. That being said, you don't go there at 16. You can get those guys in the later rounds. Yeah. You know, Owusu Kormar is a great pick here. Another option they probably could go is a guy like Elijah Vera Tucker, maybe, if they want to just plug a offensive line spot. But no, I think uh, I think Cormo is a good pick. They definitely can use some help on defense. Running back definitely can hit in the later rounds. Third third receiver later rounds. Defensive line maybe an option here, but they have Watt and um, Jones. So if anything, it would be a guy like Christian Barmore. But I, I think I think Cormo, like you said, he can do it all, and um, I, I think it's a, I think it's a strong pick. So seventeen is the Las Vegas Raiders. And this is, this is tough. I mean, there's, there's a kind of a, a lot of different ways they can go. They, they signed Yannick and Gakwe. Um, you know, on our board currently, there's a lot of edge edge rushers, but I think, I, I think they need to go offensive line. And one thing with the Raiders is they always go off script and just draft these guys that are just not expected to be taken this high. So I'm going to go Tevin Jenkins. Uh, Oklahoma State. Mm. I think he's really big body, can really help out the run blocking. And with the Jacobs and um, Kenyon Drake now, I, I think that's where you have to go. You can plug him in the guard position and you have your left tackle. I think uh, that you have your left tackle in Colton Miller. I'm not sure who's playing right, but uh, off, offensive line just can't hurt. Yeah, well, you, you don't know who's playing right tackle because they shipped out Trent Brown. Um, mm-hmm. They got rid of multiple different positions along the line. Um, Hudson, they got rid so of So, yeah, Hudson. I think I think they have to – they got rid of Rodney Hudson. Yeah, they, yeah. they got to go out and they got to – I think Incognito is also not bad, <laughs> I believe. I could be wrong about that. Who though. knows? Um, but even even if he is Incognito, you know, he's going to miss time. He's a guy that always end up, ends up because he's a little bit older. Um, but, no, I think I – think, at this point, you know, we kind of expect that they have to go offensive line. Going into the draft process originally, it was, oh, well, they got to go defense. And then they got – they butchered half the line. So, um, you know, we'll see. Um, I, I at all would not be surprised if they go out and get a draft a guy here like Elijah Moore. Um, yeah. You know, a really fast, fast guy. You know how the Raiders feel about their guys who run quick 40s. Um, but I, I think, I think offensive line is the right move, um, only due to what they did. You know, they, they put themselves in this position where they have to fill a needed offensive line that realistically wasn't a need. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, so nine, we're at 18 Miami. Can they, you know, reports saying they're going a couple different ways, but who, who do you think they grab? I mean, there are reports that, that they uh, they want to go running back. 
there are reports um, they want to go, you know, wide receiver all over the place. Um, as far as I'm concerned, there is a guy who has slipped um, down the board in our mock now, and, and that is Jalen Phillips out of Miami. You keep him in Miami, you add, you add probably the best pass rusher, pure pass rusher in the draft, um, a top 10 talent that kind of gets pushed down. Um, the health concerns, I'm not too worried about that. You know, those were, those were concussion issues that haven't resurfaced the entire year that he was in Miami. Um, they were, you know, just a little bit more protective of him uh, before Miami. And in the NFL, they're going to let him play. Um, I think this is a great fit for them, a great pick. They're grabbing the best player off the board, a potential top 10 pick or top 10 talent that they're grabbing at 18. Yeah, Miami did have trouble getting to the quarterback last season. So, I mean, this is – They a only have Ogba. The Ogba. Yeah, and, Ogba's the only – Yeah. So, Jalen yeah. Phillips, like you said, slipped. And I, I like the pick. Definitely – potential running back here if they really want to reach on a guy like Najee Harris. But I, I think Miami knows that they're, they do have, they, they have so a couple pieces away from a really good defense. So, you know, you got to, well, especially in this draft, in this draft, if they go uh Penn Sewell and that line is so much, you know, improved, I don't want to say it doesn't matter what running back you have, but it matters significantly less if you have a top tier offensive line, you know, we've seen a guy like James Connor run for over a thousand yards with a really good offensive line with Pittsburgh. We've seen guys who um, don't, aren't exactly that top tier talent, you know, have huge years um, running behind uh, great offensive lines. Yeah. We'll see if Miami uh, does address the defensive line. Now here at 19, Washington football team, I, I, I've been seeing a whole bunch of reports on where they're going. So I'll start off with reportedly they are talking with Landon Collins to move him to linebacker. Now, if that's the case, you would, you know, with Micah Parsons gone, you don't need to draft a linebacker. I think it's a little early for Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa. That being said, they could go the, Nor the Norman Diamond in the Rough here, Trevon Morig, to play that, that safety position. But – I have seen reports if Elijah Vera Tucker falls, they they gobble him up. And in our mock, he's still here. So I'm I'm taking him 100 percent One thing with Vera Tucker, he can play left tackle for you. And with Brendan Scherf's future kind of wearing away and not really sure where that's going. If Scherf leave next year, you could put Vera Tucker at the right guard position. We could even play him at left guard if you want to. A guy that can play all five positions on the offensive line, play for a really good school in USC. And I, I just think it's 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 the perfect fit for them. Yeah, uh, Vera Tucker could very well go to the to the Raiders earlier on as well. Um, but if he is there for Washington, they absolutely could grab him. Uh, like the point you made, they don't know necessarily where their offensive line is trending in the future. They don't know who their quarterback is for the future necessarily. So they're going to have as many options as they possibly can if Scherf leaves. They can plug uh, Vera Tucker into, you know, minimum at least, you know, two positions. If you if you think he is a guard for sure, um, then this year you run him at left. You have Scherf there. You have a great interior line at that point. Then that works perfectly for Antonio Gibson between the tackles. Um, so, no, I, I think the fit for Washington makes a lot of sense. That being said, I think if they draft Travion Morig, that secondary becomes, you know, 
top tier becomes becomes great because you have two young safety studs in, in Curl and Morig, um, and then you have you have corners that you sign that you know will definitely impact. They they got William Jackson, right? Yeah, yeah, they got William. William Jackson was a huge huge upgrade for them. They didn't even pay him an extra you know amount of money. He was a great contract for them. Um, and then obviously we already know about the front seven that they have. Yeah. So if they draft Mo rig, I think, um, that defense goes from, you know, being to being, you know, underrated and pretty good to being a top five unit in the NFL. Um, but you know, that being said, they're already probably a top 10 to 12, top 12 unit where the offense kind of needs a little bit of help. Um, so I could, I really do like the Barrett Tucker, grab uh and helps out antonio gibson helps out ryan fitzpatrick uh i i I think the the statements of washington being really interested in a receiver i personally don't really get it as much i I think i think mclaurin uh fits really well he's obviously their number one i think sims is, is a great number two or samuel for that matter when they grab samuel as a number two or three i think you have three receivers there and then also Logan Thomas was fantastic last year. Yeah. You have your pass catchers and Gibson can Gibson was fantastic as a running back. Let's also not forget JD McKissick was probably the best pass catching run back uh, running back in the league last year. So I don't necessarily believe that they need those skill position players. There's been a lot of reports that, you know, they were looking at wide receiver and looking at all these different things but I don't think that's an area of need for them. And if they feel like they do need to hit that, I know I've said it for a lot of teams, but you can hit that in the later round. Yeah. There's, you know, like we've been saying the past couple of weeks, there's six to seven guys that are wide receiver first round talents. And there's probably a whole stockpile more of guys that are just waiting in the wings in rounds three, four, five, and six. So no, I, I like the, uh, the Vera Tucker pick here. Uh, Mo Rig would also be awesome. I saw Peter Schrager said, ETN was a fit here in Washington, but I completely disagree oh, with that. Oh, that's – no, no. That would be yeah. – te- why? <laughs> why would you waste a first-round pick on ETN when you have McKissick and Gibson? I know. <laughs> Absolutely I know. not. If anything, you know, you could take a guy like Trey Sermon round four if you really want to have a kind of like a bruiser. But even I then, really don't – I don't think you need that. Like, I really I agree. don't. I, I agree. I think Washington has probably one of the best running back rooms – period like yeah. like in in the nfl i think i think they're a top you know top six top seven running back room with everything that gibson gives you and everything that mckissick gives you i don't think you need to really touch that at all i'm with you i'm with you but here pick 20 we're heading to chicago where oh. does uh where's ryan pace go with this one honestly man i i don't know i really don't because there's a part of me that's like you cannot go in. To, you can't go in with Andy Dalton as your guy. No. But also, do you go Mac Jones? Do you go, you know, where they go Mac Jones? Screw it. They gotta take a quarterback. There it is. They, they, they gotta do it. I don't I don't know if I I don't know if I like the pick. The line's shaky. Um they don't really have great pass catchers. Um, yeah, I mean, Cole Komet didn't look like anything last year. And I mean, and that's, I mean, tight ends usually take a year to get in. Um, but he he did not do anything for about 15 of the 16 weeks last year. 
Um, but I think, you know, Pace can't, Pace and Nagy can't get another year, you know, on their contracts by going eight, or, or excuse, I can't say eight and eight anymore. Uh, they can't go, you know, nine and eight. They can't go, you know, they can't be a wild card middling team led by their defense where their offense for, you know, 55 minutes out of a 60 minute game can't literally move the ball. Um, so by default, they have to go out, they have to get a quarterback. There's only one quarterback left on the board and that's Mac Jones. Yeah. And I think they, they really love that he falls here and, you know, they, they didn't expect it. So, and with a, most of the top offensive line prospects gone, maybe a guy like Kadaris Tony here, if you really need to get that pass catcher, but you got, you still have Allen Robinson. Darnell Mooney's looked really good. So get, get him a guy that can throw the ball. And, you know, this is a team with a revolving door QB last year with Foles and Trubisky. It seemed like every other week starting. So you have Dalton probably not going to do anything for you. And hopefully do you, do you Jones think, is QB. Do you think Robinson stays on the team by, by week one? Um. I don't know. I mean, I would, I would think, but he, it seems like he probably is pretty unhappy. He's been unhappy. And, and I mean, if you go in and you only have Dalton as your quarterback, if they don't draft Mac Jones, you know, they go out and get a defensive guy, you know, let's say they take Quiddy pay or something like that. I don't know if Robinson is on the team to start the year. I think they might have to trade him. I mean, yeah. I mean, he could maybe, maybe even draft night. You're looking at, you know, a team calls, you know, Allen Robinson, is he available? And then, you know, you're sitting there at 20 with a couple solid receivers and, you know, you can get a boatload of picks for Robinson. So it, it, I think it's definitely up. an option. Yeah. I think it's definitely yep. an option. There, there are teams at the top that, that want receivers. Um, honestly, I'm looking at Philly at 12. You, you ship out 20 and, and Robinson for, you know, and maybe a third rounder for pick 12. If I'm Philly, I do that. Absolutely. I would too. Um, yeah, no, I think I think Robinson is a definite case where he might he might be traded. Definitely unhappy, and you know, I don't know if he signed his franchise tag, but if he, he didn't, he accepted it. He did. Okay, so, it. but he yeah, wasn't he, happy about it. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be either. But you know, we moved to pick twenty one, and we have the Indianapolis Colts, and they got their quarterback uh, with Carson Wentz. You have a couple pieces at receivers, and for me, I mean, this is this one's obvious. Quiddy Pay sitting there in our mock, and this is a team desperate for, for pass rushing help. DeForest Buckner, yeah. all pro, fantastic up the middle. And then on the outside, you have literally nobody. So get yeah, Justin Pay. Houston's still not back. Um, I don't know if he's going to be back with them this year. Um, yeah. They they lost uh, the, the other defensive tackle. Uh, I, I think Eichner, um, you know, he's gone. They absolutely need the pass rush help. Quiddy Pay, you could argue, might be, you know, number one, number two pass rusher on the board um, in general. Uh, if he if he goes there for them, they need it. Uh, while they do need a left tackle, there is not a left tackle on the board here uh, at 21 for them, not a plug and play. Um, you know, looking at it, you know, our best – the best lineman left is probably Cosme, and I, I prefer him much more at right tackle uh, than yeah. left. Yeah, I mean, if you're the culture, you hope a guy like Jenkins or Vera Tucker, Tucker Falls can play them a tackle or even move Braden to left or Quentin to left, something like that. But, again, pass rusher definitely a need here. And, you know, you, you get a good one with pay. But 
That's 21. 22, it's going to be the Titans. And now team with some new, new players. Titans, Titans lost and gained a lot this offseason. Um, they're going to be interesting to come into the year, see what they're going to be. Uh, but one of the guys they lost was Corey Davis. They don't have receivers behind A.J. Brown. They're going to grab one here with Rashad Bateman, uh, a guy who could potentially go higher uh, than this spot, but they would absolutely love if, if he's there for them at 22. Uh, a guy who can replace what Corey Davis does, good route runner, physical, big. Um, that's what they like. That's what they had in A.J. Brown. Um, I think this is a no-brainer for them. If Bateman is there, they got to get him. They they literally do not have receivers um, behind A.J. Brown. Jonu Smith left. You know, uh, Corey Davis left. They, they lost some pieces, and – they're going to need guys to catch off play action. Love the Bateman pick. Strong, physical, fast, good hands, good route running. You know, he's, I, I think it's clear he's probably wide receiver four in this class, um, depending on if, if you value speed, you know, and athleticism. But I think Bateman's a really good pick and definitely would provide better um, physical stature than Corey Davis. So I, I love the pick. And, you know, we moved to 23, and the Jets are back on the board. They took their quarterback of the future. And I'm doing it, Jesse. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm taking Najee Harris. I'm doing it. This is a, a team currently, as they sit, have LaMichael Pirine as their RB1, yep. which you can't have that. Mm-hmm. Harris bursted onto the scene this year. Insane numbers. Uh, incredible college football playoff performances, both games. And, you know, you get your quarterback of the future. If there's an offensive lineman here, you would rather probably take them, but really nothing that great available. So you go with the home run pick. You're New York. You got your quarterback. Take your running back too. Yeah, um, I think Cosme could, you know, be potentially a pick here, solidify the right tackle spot along with the left where you already have Becton. Um, but Harris is Harris is a great pick for them. Um, not even just for the fit of running back. Um, you know, you I've heard so many reports, just an absolute incredible locker room guy, you know, yep. fantastic in the locker room. And that's what the Jets are going to need. They're going to need locker room guys um, to really help build up this new culture that they are trying to to build in New York. Um, and, and no, I like I like the move for them. They need a running back desperately. Um, they need pretty much majority of positions. Uh, anything that is not safety um, and quarterback after they draft Zach Wilson, everything else is on the board. So whatever they feel like is the best player left on the board for them uh, with this Seahawks pick, grab them. And especially if, if they don't want to go running back here, more than likely a top running back will be available at pick 33. So, or mm-hmm. 34, excuse me. Mm-hmm. So you, you could potentially grab one there, but we moved to 24 and, the Pittsburgh Roethlisberger's are on the board. Jesse's favorite squad. <laughs> um, I mean, we, we've seen it before. Um, Pittsburgh likes drafting players out of Georgia. Um, and Aziz Ajulari is there. They lost Bud Dupree in free agency. Um, they need another edge rusher. I think they would love if Quiddy Pay is available for them. Uh, but he's obviously off the board. I think they're most likely going edge rusher. Um, I think even if Harris is on the board or ETN or, you know, all those running backs and everything. Um, the problem with the running backs last year wasn't that, you know, they weren't, you know, 
fine or solid is that the line couldn't run block. Um, you know, would, would I love to see them go out and get a tackle here? Sure, I would love for them to get Cosme. But I think most likely what is going to happen is they're going to take an edge rusher here. And the best on the board is Aziz Ajawari. Yeah, you know, you lost by Dupree and you save out on a big contract. So you try and replace that, you know, that the defensive presence any way you can. So, you know, Ojolari's good. I mean, arguably top two, maybe number two uh, edge rusher behind Quiddy Pay or Phillips, or however you want to spin it. But, you know, I like to pick running back, maybe an option here, but, you know, ETN eh, or if Harris falls, you can kind of look into that. But like, like you said, like you would know um, the needs here and defensive line is definitely one of those needs. Now we move to 25. And the Jaguars are back on the clock. You already got your you got your QB. And this is a team with Cam Robinson at the left tackle. And I believe Jawan Taylor at the right tackle. Um, you had James Robinson, a really good, um, really good running back last year. I- I'm going to go Christian Barmore, defensive lineman. Oh, that's what I had going to the Browns. Oof. Welcome Go to the draft. Christian Barmore. This is this is a defense that has lost a lot over the past few years. Offensive line is probably an option here. Maybe interior lineman, guy like Wyatt Davis, maybe or Creed Humphrey or Dickerson. But um, I, I think the, the defensive line is is much more of a need. You, you know, you still have Josh Allen. You have Caleb on Chase on if he's if he's going to be your edge rusher. Get get the yeah. big physical interior guy with Barmar who, who who came on late too. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You have you have two edge rushers, um, but the biggest thing is going to be that pressure up the middle as well. And Barmore is by far, I think, the best interior defensive lineman um, on the board and in the draft. Um, allegedly, uh, some character concerns about him. I don't think they're too worried about that down in Jacksonville. Um, I think I think Urban Meyer is willing to take chances on a. Uh, you know, those character concerned guys, he thinks he can, you know, help work them out. Um, yeah, Barmore's a great fit for them. Yeah, I think he's a great fit for for a lot of teams. He's he's a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if he falls, you know, to, uh, to around 30 just based off his position. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he goes as high as like Arizona at 16 because he is also so dominant at that position. So he, he's an interesting case. He's a player that I really like a lot but he doesn't necessarily play a position that is three downs uh, on the football field at this point in the game. So he could slip, he could go higher, um, but I like him a lot in Jacksonville. Yeah. And, you know, you speak of Cleveland who's on the board next, where, who, who goes? Well, since Barmore's off, I think the the best bet is Zabin Collins uh, linebacker out of Tulsa. The Browns, they're, they're set at most positions. The only thing that they could possibly need help with, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is the interior of their defense, defensive line, and linebacker. Um, if Barmore's there, I'd love that pick for them. If Zayvon Collins is there, that pick's also good. Um, they have safeties. You know, They can maybe use a little bit of secondary help, but their edge rushers are fine. Everything on the offense, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is good. Maybe a receiver in the second or third round. Um, but this first pick should definitely be defense, should definitely be interior of their defense. Good pick. You know, the Browns definitely 
not that many needs. This is a team that really has flipped it around the past few years and not that many needs. Um, so we go to their division rival here at 27, first of two picks in the next five with Baltimore Ravens. And um, I'm, I'm going to take a wide receiver here, Norms. I'm going – I'm going to go Kadarius Toney. The, this is a really big wide receiver needy team that whiffed on a lot of them in free agency. Your wide, your, your wide receiver one and two is currently Marquise Brown and Willie Sneed. And come no, on, Sneed's gone. Is he yep. even worse? Miles Boykin maybe is your wide receiver too. So, you know, you take probably the best receiver available with Tony, depending on, um, you know, if you want him or the physical guy like Terrence Marshall, maybe. But I think t- Tony kind of can do it all. Has not not the not the worst physical features as well. Pretty electric player for Lamar to throw to. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like the move. I think they desperately need a wide receiver. Um, but I think with Cosme on the board there, if he slips this far, I think they could definitely be interested there. Um, they're going to need a right tackle, obviously, since they traded Orlando Brown. Um, but no, wide receiver is definitely a need for them. And I think offensive line is definitely a need for them. But you know, it's great. They have another pick in uh, about three picks. So they can definitely hit on those. Um, something else for Baltimore that I'd look at, I think could be interesting. They package 27, they package 31, maybe throw in another pick. They could potentially be trading up. They could, you know, be hitting a team, um, you know, potentially like uh, a Miami, you know, sitting at 18, possibly in Arizona at 16 go up and get, you know, maybe one of those better prospects. Um, Or even if they really want to, you know, trade up into, you know, maybe that top 10, top eight-ish range and get one of those, you know, really elite prospects. Um, But that's something interesting that you got to look into now with them having uh, those picks that the Chiefs sent. Yeah. He certainly gave up a lot for, uh, for Brown. So they will need a tackle, but we moved to 28 and the Saints lost you Breeze. Going to be going with Jameis more than likely at the QB helm. There you go. I mean, the Saints need a lot. <laughs> they really oh, yeah. do. Um, I think I think they could use multiple different positions. Um, their cap situation is absolutely, you know, brutal. Um, and, and to me, it comes down to um, two players, whether they're going to need offense or whether they're going to need defense. I think they're going to err on the side of defense. And I think they go Travion Morig. Um, I think with, uh, with Marcus Williams signing on his franchise tender, he's probably not coming back again next year. This is probably a one-year deal they wanted to, to keep him for. Um, they, get a, they get a safety. I mean, they're going to need players. I mean, to be frank, they lost a lot. Um, I think they'd love to go a linebacker. I don't really see any linebackers on the board here that are worth that first round pick still. So go with the best available defensive player. In my mind, that's Morig. That, that's your boy. And he is a really, really good player. And like you said, with Marcus Williams, maybe not coming back next year due to cap concerns. You, you take the young guy and he's certainly going to play uh, pretty high standards. So we moved to 29 and the Green Bay Packers are on the board and a team with not any horrible glaring needs. Uh, I just want to confirm, is Sam Cosme still on the board here for us? Cosme is on the board. See, this is, this is tough because they, they, they went hard for Will Fuller. 
unable to get him. So for that, I'm going to go with a very underrated player, very underrated, not talked about a lot. And that's Rondell Moore out of Purdue. Mm-hmm. You know, so what scares me is the height five foot nine, five foot 10. That, that, that does scare me a lot, but you know, his open field athleticism and, you know, he could play the slot for you. I think it would benefit them pretty well. I mean, you already know Devonte Adams is, is a stud and at two, I mean, um, uh, what Valdez Scanlings turned into a solid two, a little inconsistent, but solid. You could go Elijah Moore here, depending on who they like, but I, I think Rondell Moore is solid. And if not go with a guy like Wyatt Davis out of Ohio state or um, Sam Cosme, if he's on the board. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think that makes perfect sense for them. They need another weapon for Rogers. I, I never know if they're actually going to pull the trigger on it. They, they've barely ever done it. Um, but I think this is the year that if they – this, I believe, is their last year with Rodgers. I think this is the last year that they're fully going for it with him. I think after this year they move to Jordan Love. Um, so go out, get him another piece. Um, the, the crazy thing about Rondale Moore is even at 5'9", um, he's so strong. You know, yeah. he has such a strong core. He has so much body control. He is a gadget player that Rodgers can dump off to and, you know, he can give him a little bit of a break. He can get him, you know, a second and six, a second and five, as opposed to, you know, uh, trying to go deep every single time, trying to do these real physical routes uh, with Devontae Adams, Valdez scaling another big deep threat, you know, Moore has that speed, but he's also an underneath guy. He's a guy who you can check down to um, a lot more than I think Rogers and they have, they've missed, you know, Lazard is another, he, he's a big body receiver. Yep. They don't need another big body receiver. They need a guy who can catch between the hashes. I'm with you. And we know we moved to pick, I believe this is number 30 and it's going to be the Buffalo bills. Like really yeah, good playoff um, team last year. Yeah, Bills, Bills don't have much need. Um, I'm looking for them to probably either go linebacker or uh, cornerback here. Uh, definitely defense as far as I'm concerned. They're, they're really only competing um, with the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. Um, I think a player they are going to like a lot out of Florida State, Asante Samuel Jr. Um, he can play man. He can play zone. I think he fits perfectly in Sean McDermott's scheme. Uh, McDermott likes those bigger, uh, kind of bulkier zone coverage receivers. Uh, you look at, you know, Josh Norman, what he had in, in, um, in Carolina, and then now Tredavious White in Buffalo. Um, you pair Tredavious White uh, with Asante Samuel Jr., you have a solid, you know, secondary there. Uh, add a couple cornerbacks in here and there later in the draft as well. Um, that's really who you're competing with is Kansas City, so you need to, you need to help on that pass defense. Uh, and I don't necessarily love any of the edge rushers here. Um, a, a guy that I would look for them to possibly go at also is Jamin Davis uh, yeah. out of Kentucky. I think he's a good fit there as well. Um, but I don't think he's necessarily that ed, like pure edge rusher that they would look at. So I think they opt to go a more coverage corner here. Yeah, I'm with you. Another guy that's an option, probably Greg Newsom here. Um, I, I was between Newsom and Asante Samuel. I think Samuel has a little bit better size, a little bit better of a scheme fit uh, for them. I'm with you. And we moved to pick 31. We're almost there. 
and it's the Ravens again. I am going to take left tackle here, but not the one that we still have on our board. That's the best. I'm going Alex Leatherwood of yeah. Alabama. I think he, the guy's a monster. He at least probably six five, six six, and he brings that physical presence. I, I question his pass blocking, but run blocking is he, he's all there. And you know, you have J.K. Dobbins. Lamar can get out of the pocket if need be, but I think offensive line is has to be addressed in one of these two first round picks. And I like Leatherwood a lot. Yeah, no, I think that's a great pick. Um, I think Leatherwood is probably that next batch where you could argue, yeah, he can probably play left tackle, but he needs a little bit of help. Um, he's probably going to need a little bit of time to develop, but he's definitely a guy that can end up playing uh, for them in the long run uh, that, that will help out. Pick 32, round it off. Well, I mean, you're looking at the Buccaneers roster. They don't need anything. They really don't. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're pretty much set at every single position. Um, that being said, uh, you know, a lot of these guys, they could be looking towards the future. And while I would love for them to take a tackle and look towards the future, I think they say, screw it. Let's go all in even more on this year. And they grab a guy like Travis Etienne out of Clemson. Um, you're now adding him to a running back room that includes Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, and now you have your absolute home run hitter in ETN, um, who also can now be there when Fournette probably leaves next year. Uh, Ronald Jones is eventually going to want a payday as well. Um, so I think that's a guy that they can really add to this, add to this team and he can do a lot for them. Um, but I also would not be surprised if they really go depth uh, if Cosme's on the board, Jalen Mayfield, uh, another guy. Um, also, maybe interior defensive line could be another thing, but they're really drafting for the future. And if they want a guy who can kind of add more to the team now, it would be ETN solely for the fact that you can then keep those miles off of Fournette heading into the playoffs. Love, love, love the pick. Good fit, too. Like you said, home run hitter. If anything, I think they do go offense. You could grab a guy like Elijah Moore here. Antonio Brown's gone. Scotty Miller's he's Scotty Miller. Oh, you know. Brady loves himself some Scotty Miller. <laughs> Absolutely. Who doesn't? But, you know, Moore could be a good slot guy for the deep ball. And, you know, I this it's, it's going to be an interesting draft. Definitely offensive heavy early on. And when, you, you know, you get to the, the later of the first round, it could be kind of more offensive line and defensive heavy. But again, it's it's Monday, April twenty sixth, and we're we're four days away, three technically. So we're we're excited for Thursday night, and uh, we're expected to hear Trevor Lawrence's name called first. But Norms, anything else? Uh, no, no. I think I think we did a pretty good job uh, uh, doing this out. I my one prediction: I don't think Mac Jones will fall as far as we had him. I think that's more of a basis of how we feel about Mac Jones. I think the NFL is going to feel higher about him. He's going to interview well. He's coming out of a Saban system. Um, but but I think I, – I do think prospect-wise, Mac Jones is, is you know, he's he is much closer to 15-20 than, you know, top three, top ten. Um, but I yeah. think he's going to get pushed up those boards. I'm with you. The draft starts at pick three. So we'll see what happens. But we'll do a uh, – we'll more than likely have a post-draft kind of – episode just to kind of talk about everything but make sure to follow us on all our socials at sports dept pod on instagram facebook twitter 
Uh, make sure to follow us on Apple Music, Spotify, anything that you can listen to us on. We do appreciate it. YouTube. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.